chapter 5. Ye are the salt of the earth. We looked at this morning, verse 14. He then says, because you have this character of Christ in you from the Beatitudes, you are then to go spread it throughout the world as the salt. And, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. A key thought in both of these pictures of salt and light is distinction. Salt is needed because the world is rotting and decaying. And light is needed because the world is in darkness. And there's the subtleness of the influence of salt, but there is the open, blatant influence of light. You see, salt can't change corruption into incorruption. It can really just retard or slow down the corruption. But you have to have light, the light of the gospel, to transform corruption into incorruption. So really when Jesus is saying here, and literally what he's saying, paraphrase, as for you... You are the light of the world. And you think about this. What a a compliment that he's given to us, and what a great responsibility. Now, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So how can he be saying, you are the light of the world? Well, we understand that there is the great light is in our solar system is the sun. And the moon reflects the light of the sun. In Jesus saying to us, you are the light of the world, as we reflect Christ, we are the light of the world. And as we look this morning at some of the characteristics of salt, we want to look at the characteristics of light. Number one, light is needed. Can you imagine what the world would be like without light? Number one, there would be no life. Light produces growth. Light, I mean, these are just a number of of workings of light. Light produces growth. Light clarifies details. Light reveals colors. Light retards disease. Light dispels darkness. Light provides warmth. Light transmits messages. I mean, things that we can't even... And these are just a little tip of the iceberg. We aren't even beginning to scratch the surface of God's creation in light. And all that he designed. 
And life is needed as a believer. You are the light of the world and you are needed. The problems today in individual lives and in our world can only be solved by the light. So light is needed and light is faithful. Light is consistent. Light is always the same. It travels at the same speed even when it's reflected. You know, it's pretty amazing, God's design, isn't it? It's, it's consistent. It's universal. Light functions the same for every person, regardless of culture or values. Light is universal. And, and that's something we need to think about when it comes to truth. Is, is what we preach here, is it something that can be preached anywhere around the world? Absolutely. It's universal. Truth is truth. And he says, you are the light of the world, and it is timeless. The characteristics of light do not change from one age to another. They operate the same today, the characteristics of light, as when God created light. Nothing has changed there. And it is clear. It it illuminates whatever is around it. It reveals hidden things and shows the way. So light is needed. Light is faithful. Light is powerful. Um, Laser light, that's when all the light waves, the light beams are lined up in unison. Laser light can cut through steel or can do delicate surgery. How many of you have ever, how many of you have had laser surgery on your eye? Cataract removal or something like that. Look at that. The same laser light that can cut through steel, they're able to use it to delicately remove a cataract from an eye and, and they, we're just, again, we're just beginning to find the realms of the power that there is in light. The heat that is produced by light is very, very powerful. And God designed we as believers to be very, very powerful. Light absolutely is noticeable. The whole purpose of light is to be seen and known. Light always demands attention. In the midst of darkness, when a light comes on, immediately we're drawn to it. And... um, It is illogical for we as believers that are called to be the light of the world to hide our witness. So it is important for us to understand this aspect of the the nature of light is to shine. There is no such thing as a light that does not communicate itself. There is no such thing as a self-contained light. Light may originate at a distant star and travel a span of light years, but it does not get tired of shining, it doesn't cease to shine, and its nature is to shine. It is noticeable. As Christians, he says, you are the light of the world. And these characteristics that we've, we've just quickly gone over are important for us to realize the story is told of a, of a wealthy-minded attorney 
wealthy and worldly-minded attorney in the 19th century that had nothing to do with Christianity. After years of ungodly living and scorning Christians, as he grew old, he went to live with his sister, who happened to be a Christian. Her son was a pastor and had opportunity to engage the elderly man in conversation about Christ and even recommended some books for him to read. Sometime later, ill in health, the old attorney asked to confess his faith in Christ publicly. The nephew, eager to get the full story, wondered if his conversion had been the result of conversations that they had or or maybe a, a book that he'd given him. But as the story unfolded, he discovered that it wasn't the nephew, the pastor nephew's words, or even the books, but it was the godly life of his sister. Still living at home and around the old man, he saw her godliness and radiance of a Christian life in every situation. And he said it caused him to seek the Lord to know the same relationship with Jesus. It was a light that was noticeable. A light of a holy example is the gospel's main argument. It's not just the words. It's the light of a holy example. So, to be a light, we want to list four things. To be a light, we must... Number one, reflect Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he says to us, now I am trusting you to be the light of the world. And he gave them this title, you are the light of the world. Not after he had educated them for three years. Not after he had um, given them a title not after their knowledge had been raised to a certain level, but he gave them that exhortation after they were partakers of Christ. And our life is to reflect Christ. The great missionary Adoniram Judson was home on furlough, and he happened to pass through the city of Stonington, Connecticut, and a young boy playing down at by the dock where Judson arrival noticed Judson and was struck by his appearance. Never before had he seen such a light on the face of any human being. He ran up the street to a minister and asked if he knew who the stranger was and, and explained to him, I've, I've never seen anything like this. And, and the minister hurried down... Um, and saw Judson and immediately became absorbed in conversation with Judson that he forgot all about the impatient youngster standing near him. Many years afterward, that boy who could never get away from the influence of that wonderful face became the famous preacher Henry Clay Trumbull, and in his memoirs he wrote about the influence that the light 
of Adoniram Judson's countenance had on his life that pointed him to Christ. I read that and I thought, man, what do people see in me? It wasn't the beauty of his face or how handsome. It was, he, he truly was reflecting Christ. They, they say of um, the godly Scottish minister, Robert Murray McChaney, that his face carried such a hallowed expression that people were known to fall on their knees and accept Jesus Christ as Savior when they looked on him. That is a powerful testimony. I mean, think of that. Others were, were so attracted by the, the beauty and light of his life that they found the master irresistible. I mean, that, that's what the reality is. It's reflecting Christ. So you can't reflect Christ if you just have a little bit of Christ. The more we get a Christ the more we can reflect him. And it's important for us to, to understand that. But secondly, in order to be a light, we continually need to be renewed. Continually need to be renewed. We're like, um, you know, and some of them are better than others, but rechargeable batteries for your cordless drill, you know. Number one, they're always dead when you want them, aren't they? Okay. And, and you think, man, this thing shouldn't be going dead. It needs recharged again already. We continually need to be renewed so that we reflect Christ. And, and church is just a small, small part of that. But it is a part of it. And, and meditating on Scripture, studying Scripture. That's why I'm excited about the small groups beginning Wednesday as we get in. And study, we're renewing our mind, we're renewing, we're getting more of Christ into our life so that we can reflect Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if truly Christ would be seen in our lives, that people would truly, truly see Christ, but it needs to be continually renewed. And then this aspect of light, we must be visible. The figures of salt and light remind us that the life lived by the Beatitudes is not to be lived in isolation. We often assume that poor in spirit and and hungering and thirsting after God and mourning and so on could be developed in, in some mountain hideaway in isolation from the world, but Jesus wants us to live them out in the world. He said, I don't pray, Father, that you take them out of the world. I pray that you use them in the world, that you keep them from the world. And it's important to understand that it must be visible. Russian Jewish doctor named Boris Kornfeld who was held in a prison in Siberia, sat up with a man who was desperately ill in the same prison. And Boris Kornfeld, the Russian Jewish doctor, had come to know Christ as as his Savior. 
And he told this desperately ill man the story of, of his conversion to Christ and literally was shining forth the light and love of Jesus. The man listening to him that night in that Siberian prison was future Nobel Prize winner Alexander Solzhenitsyn who later came to saving faith in Jesus Christ, largely due to a man locked in a prison that was willing to be visible, be a light, share his own personal testimony to another man locked in prison for political purposes. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, his life was transformed. He ended up... um, as a political asylum to the U.S., and has warned us as believers and as Americans of many, many things that we have now seen come to pass. But there again, one man that later became a Nobel Prize winner and raised up of God to be influential to millions of people because of one man in a dark Siberian prison This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's important that we understand the light must be visible. And in in realizing that um, it's not that we have to go blow trumpets before us and say, hey, look what I'm going to do. But it's it's realizing that our lives must touch other people's lives. As we said with salt, it has to come in contact. And what are we doing to come in contact? A young man by the name of Wolfgang, who was always lived in Germany, who was always reading his Bible during lunch, and his fellow workers jeered him, mocked him. But he didn't stop reading his Bible. He He simply prayed. He said, God, would you show me a way that I could demonstrate Christ's love to these men? When the workers went home at night, they always left their muddy boots behind. Well, Wolfgang began staying late after work to clean their boots. At first, they were puzzled. How are these boots getting clean? Then they realized that Wolfgang was the only one among the group of them that would perform such a humble service. Not only did they come to respect him, but they sometimes even asked him to read the Bible to them. Only eternity will reveal the full effect of Wolfgang's shining light. See, it's not always just words, it's in actions. What he says here in in Luke, I mean in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, cleaning muddy boots, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When they saw Wolfgang's good works, They started listening to him about his God. And in order to be a light, we must be committed to glorifying God. That 
Glory comes to God. It's not to us. It's God that has made this possible. It is God that has brought this reality. And and understand, what am I doing with this light that God has given me? We've, we've spent too long cursing the darkness when we need to take a light to it. And we need to be praying, even as Wolfgang prayed, God, show me how I can demonstrate your love to them. How can I demonstrate the reality of you? How can I bring light to this darkness? And those two things, as he gives us all the Beatitudes, he comes down and said, I want you to be salt and light. And characteristic, they are distinctly different than the world. Characteristic, they impact the world. They touch the world. There must be a a touching of the world. And it is important that we understand that we need to, to look for ways, almost create ways, to touch the world to make a difference. And I don't mean the world. I mean touch the person we live next to, the person we live with, the person we work with, the person we do business with. That's why God's left us here. I don't know about you, but um, this week as I studied on this, it made me realize, man, what a dismal failure in being the salt and light. And it really explains how we're in the condition we're in here today. One of the dangers that we face as Christians is we come to know Christ, we enjoy fellowship with other Christians, and pretty soon all we're around, generally speaking, is other Christians. The other Christians don't need the light. They are the light. We are the light. And we need to penetrate the darkness. And tonight as we go to prayer to pray for our nation, um, really it begins praying that the salt would be salty and the light would be bright. I mean, there's nothing like having a bright light. I I like having bright lights. I had, it doesn't work very good anymore, but one of those million watt lights. I mean, you could, coyotes barking, you could go out there and shine the light on them. And, man, I love seeing it, bang, you know, like their eyes hightail it, you know. I mean, there's power. We need, number one, we need to reflect Christ, and to do it in the laser power of of God. And as we go to prayer tonight, let's, let's pray, yes, for our nation, but that's praying for us. So I'll go to prayer. Um, as God directs you, obey Him. You may want to say why, but obey Him, and you pray. And um, you can just raise your hand and they'll get you the microphone so that we 